Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. Hey. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite a week uh, we've had, huh? We've had such a week. It just, the hits keep coming. <laughs> they just, mm. yeah, they do. Yeah, I could, I could use some new music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could really, really use some new music. <laughs> that is really true. How about that? Yeah. Um, you know who I got a, to trade some email with this week? Tell me. Your friend Elizabeth Allen. In case her mom's listening, I'm not going to call her Liz. I mean. Oh, I love that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so she was listening to the show last week and noticed that I said, cheers, Strava. When we discussed how they had deleted those segments with racist names. Right, right. Now, to be fair, let's acknowledge they had done the absolute minimum possible. They had initially just flat out ignored his requests, right? <laughs> that, that is true. Well, as it turns out, Elizabeth decided, you know, maybe I want to understand a little bit more about how when you've done the least amount possible. You don't really deserve much praise. Right. And the cheers probably should have gone the other direction. And to, yeah, to those who are yeah. making the fuss. Yeah. Yes, right, absolutely. Right. They were the people who deserve to be cheered, not yep. Strava. Fair point, Liz, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing was, my comment was kind of insult to injury. It didn't help the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so... You know, it was an amazing exchange because we did have multiple emails back and forth. And I just I felt like I need to share this because it's a demonstration that try as I might, I still have a lot of learning to do. Right. I'm just so grateful she reached out and it really impressed me with the way she did it. It was, you know, she educated me. It was an opportunity for me to grow. Totally. And that's, you know, I mean, we as we all uh move forward in this very monumentally important time uh you know we're we're going to we're going to make mistakes we're all coming from our our the places that have been some of some of which is very long established ways of thinking and ways of not thinking things we don't consider and not turning things around and looking them from other angles except the way we always have right mm-hmm. and you know it like I'm going to mess up. You know, if I use my voice there's going to be a chance that, that I'm maybe going to mess up and I'm open you know, I'm open to hearing that, you know, and, and I and I love that she is, you know, in all of this, we end up, you know, that's why I try to get off of Twitter and all that. We all, all end up like yelling at each other too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we do actually converse, then we then it, it, it just brings it all down to just like reasonable thought. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I didn't think about it that way. You're right. Like, it's that mm-hmm. simple. It's not that big of a deal. Right. right? It's not like it's. Yeah. Right. Well, and. You know, one important point for me to remember in this is that I got the opportunity to learn because I did actually open my mouth and say something. Right. Right. Oh, that's a good point. It reminds me of my French lessons. My my French teacher would be just spit it out. Say something. You're going to get it wrong. This is a chance to start learning how to get it right. But we all hate to get it wrong, right? Uh, There's so much ego, dude. We all hate to get it wrong. I think that's a big part of the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we might talk about some of that later, but yeah, um, that's a big part of the problem. Yeah. Oh, well, what do you got for us this week? A little bit of news, a little bit of uh-huh. news. I had heard, um, interestingly, the first professional racing that is probably going to come back online in August will be women's racing. Um, oh. Yeah, which I hadn't really cool. thought of. The Yeah, the Colorado Classic. Uh, presented by VF Corporation uh, is going to be, you know, they were set to be back in Colorado on August 27th to the 30th. 
and they are uh, there's still a couple eyes to be dotted and T's to be crossed, but it looks like that is that is going to happen. And uh, it's going to be as a result, of course, of COVID-19 is it's going to be changed. It's going to be a made for TV event. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what's what I found super interesting about this is that. Because this very unique race, which was a women's only race, you know, that, that they had to think differently because the sponsorship model looks very different and they don't have the same finances and all that. They had to think very differently last year how they were going to even pull it off, right? Even approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same things that they had to go through and the hoops that they had to jump through to make that race happen last year are playing to their advantage in our current climate. Right. So it's really interesting um, to me. I had a I had a chance to talk to the CEO, Lucy Diaz. Uh-huh. Um, and so if you recall last year, they they used broadcast coverage technology. It's called like bonded cellular video, which is just a fancy way of saying they link up cellular modems to transmit live video feeds at a at a pretty low cost. It's like a third of the cost of satellite uplinks. They daisy so, chain cellular modems. That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So right, the, cool. So then the race can be shown on the regional sports network, which is altitude, but it can also very easily be streamed, you know, directly Facebook, YouTube, any other channel. And you can actually harness like, obviously through those platforms, a really big audience Yeah. for this yeah. thing. You know, much, much, much more than if you were like selling rights to TV because TV is not going to buy. You know, I mean, like that model is bro- is not going to work for women cycling like that traditional. It's it's just not. So that's how they <laughs> yeah. did it. Yeah, that's how they did it last year. And so when they were looking at this year, you know, she I talked to her and being at the end of August, you know, things are not looking awesome anywhere. Right. For mm. this summer. but. They, you know, they'll be open to be able to have, you know, a decent sized field. And she felt really strongly about making this event happen because, you know, they have they did get their sponsors. All these athletes got their sponsors based on this exposure. And -hmm. if they can't have the exposure, ultimately, this grand experiment is a one and done. Right. It's the the chance of it not happening again are, are high. Um. So she's like, okay. so what if instead of a race where we're trying to get people on the side of the road, we focus on just putting on and capturing a world class competition and then broadcasting it as we did around the world? You know, because that's like taking that's just taking their model and just really, really dumping all the eggs into it. You know, so the race will have no fans and they'll secure the start and the finish and do sort of the opposite of what they usually do, like no meet and greets with the racers and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, you know, control the area. And, you know, frankly, there's not a ton of people lining the streets anyway. Colorado is like those courses is way big and broad. So it's that wasn't a, that's not going to be a super problem for them. You know, so they'll have all the safety checks and the health checks and then they'll just run the race mm-hmm. and they'll capture it. And they'll, they're going to push it out through a distribution network. I mean, essentially giving a live feed to anyone who wants it. So they're giving wow. up the. Yeah. So they'll give up the dollars on you know one end. For the exposure on the other for the sponsors, you know, which it in this time when there's nothing else going on, it doesn't seem like a bad gamble. Right. Well, and because the existence of a race lives and dies by sponsorship, I don't know, maybe make your sponsors really, really important to you. Right. And this is a great it's a great way to do it. I mean, people will tune in. There is not much else going to be going on at that point. Right. Like, I mean, not that it's not not that it wasn't interesting. I mean, not that I'm not trying to say it wouldn't be interesting in and of itself because I watched last year and it was great. But I think that they will get even more eyeballs, I think, is what I'm trying to say, because there's no other competing factors Right. right now. So it's a really brilliant way to do it. And um, the one significant change she said, I think, is even better for this model. You know, they had originally planned on finishing in Denver downtown doing circuits and making it exciting kind of thing around the Capitol. But that's obviously problematic now. And well, can't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, can't happen. Um, So instead, they're moving that stage to Red Rocks, which, hello, if 
you know, for this model where you're just trying to make a pretty picture in a good race mm-hmm. to show mm-hmm. people and it shows Colorado in such a good like I think it's that's a great move. I mean I think that all the stuff that they're talking about doing is uh could really uh end up helping them move forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Uh all the more reason to tune in now. Yeah. 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 So so that's some good news this, this yeah. week. Yeah. Nice. Uh I saw clips of last year. I don't think I watched a whole stage from any of last year's race, but what I saw I certainly liked and yeah, I mean, yeah. the field looks super, super strong. Uh, so I'm, I'll try to set time aside so I can actually watch whole stages. But yeah. And, and with this model, I mean, if you, if it's streaming, I mean, you can also watch it whenever, you know, I mean, as a lot of, it's just like how many views it gets. So that helps too. Uh, yeah. All that is, it'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm, I'm psyched that they're doing it and you know, I fingers crossed that it, that it works. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, it will be, it will be nice to see some bike racing again. Then <laughs> <laughs> there's that. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor Shimano and we'll be right back at Shimano. We love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life. We encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, what do you have for us? So, I'm going to begin by making a promise. I promise that our next show, because we won't, there won't be a next week's show because you're on vacation. Yep. And I'm going to try to do something similar for a few of the days <laughs> next week. Uh, but our next show will be lighter and we will return to discussing more enjoyable parts of the cycling life. Okay. Please, universe, allow us to do so. Okay. That's a- yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. So with that little preamble, uh, like you, I've been pretty rattled by the news out of Emporia, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully, most of our audience knows by now that Jim Cummins, one of the organizers of the event, at least up until now, known as Dirty Kanza, and truly the event's public face, uh, mm-hmm. has parted ways with the owner of the event to which he sold, he and the mm-hmm. others sold, Lifetime Fitness. Uh, Cummins, for his part, has issued an apology for a social media post that caused all of this. I think the important thing to share here is that it shows that there was some discussion about what should be the correct or uh, the correct action uh, Mm -hmm. between Lifetime and him. And he agreed that his departure was uh, the best course of action uh, for the event. The cause uh, to break that out a little bit better was a post he put on social media in which he proclaimed that the shooting of Richard Brooks was justified. Brooks, given that we have a whole inventory of people that we're trying to keep up with at this point. uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, Brooks was the African-American man who took an officer's taser during a DUI uh, incident at a Wendy's uh, and then was shot in the back by police as he attempted to flee. Cummins went on to tell those who didn't 
agree with him to unfriend him. Uh, there was a brief investigation by Lifetime, and uh, again, Cummins agreed he should depart. Compounding this <laughs> is that a piece by our colleague, James Stout, that ran on bicycling, uh, went up, what, just two or three days ago, mm-hmm. has revealed that a great many more people have requested that the e- event change its name than was previous, previously revealed by Cummins. And in fact, there was a letter signed by more than 40 members of the Caw Nation who wanted the name changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Celine, you and I and a great many others have sung the praises of this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been involved in some of the other ventures, the training camps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people call me out for hypocrisy for lauding the event and uh, and Jim. Uh, and then uh, say that I think his departure is a good idea. Um, rather than just give my opinion on this, I thought it would be good to get Yuri Hoswald's perspective. In addition to being the winner of the 2015 edition, Hoswald also raced the first DKXL, came in second, and has been a part of many of the training camps along with you. I can't think of too many racers whose reputation is more closely tied to that event. Uh, so I figured it'd be helpful to uh, give him a call and get his views. Yuri, man, thank you for joining me. And I love the stash. Does thank everybody you. else love the stash? <laughs> Not everybody else loves my stash, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> my wife being the number one person who does not love my stash. But thank you. I will take your stash love for sure. Um, it's good to see you. Good to chat with you. We have yeah. not connected in a while. Um, so I look forward to talking with you today. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you because you are, per my view, uh, somebody deep in the Dirty Kansas family. And, uh, I know this has to be an uncomfortable situation for you. Um, so I, I wanted to get your take on, uh, how this has rattled you, um, and, you know, get your, get your view on going forward. Yeah. Um, well, yes, obviously, uh, DK has been, um, pivotal and enriched my life in so many different ways. The past eight years, you know, my first DK was in 2013, uh, and, uh, has changed the trajectory of my career for sure. And has, uh, given me a whole new community of folks, the gravel community to, um, you know, interact with, ride with, share story, hopefully inspire, educate, so the last eight years of my career have been amazing. And a lot of that is due to my experiences at Dirty Kansas. So what is currently going on is definitely uh, shaken me a bit. It's gutted me. Um, you know, I'm obviously very disappointed uh, and don't condone in any way, shape or form uh, the social media post that the founder of DK did. Um and it's actually, that's been a really emotional time to think about the ramifications of, of what he posted and, and how that's affecting the local community, our much larger community. I mean, there's so many ripples to this. Mm-hmm. Have you been in touch with people in Emporia? I have. And what are you I, hearing from them? Uh, well, I mean, there's a deep, deep sadness Mm-hmm. I mean, at the, I think the beginning, I mean, everybody is just extremely sad about how this is all unfolded for sure. And it's unfortunately, um, dividing the town, um, now and sort of, you know, pitting friends against friends, maybe businesses against businesses, because you're seeing this, um, you know, fall on two sides. One side is, is standing up for Jim, Mm -hmm. um, and feels that his first amendment rights, uh, were violated by lifetime fitness and, uh, feel his firing was unjustified and are now saying that they will have nothing to do with a future DK event. Um, if, and when it does come back to town and then you have, you know, folks on the left who realize that it 
it was the correct decision for Lifetime to do that, in my opinion, also, and uh, are still wanting to celebrate this event because it has meant so much to that town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's like the epicenter. That's like the the primordial ooze of gravel, right, was was began in, in Emporia. I mean, you know, you could go a little bit farther back to like Trans-Iowa and stuff, but when everybody thinks of sort of the beginnings of gravel, they think of Jim Cummins and, and Dirty Kanza. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's just an extreme amount of, of, of sadness, obviously, a lot of raw emotions, um, and a lot of that is being hashed out on social media. And as you and I both know, um, that's a it's not the most productive place to try to bring about change because there's so much yelling from both sides Mm -hmm. going on. And I'm not saying that people don't have the right to yell, but when everybody's yelling in the room, that's all you hear, right? Is yelling. Um, and we are not going to find solutions or a middle ground, hopefully, uh, to move forward with some positive change. That's, I think what troubles me most, you know, I see outrage as a fuel, not a solution. Education and changing attitudes, education that allows or encourages or helps people to change their attitudes, to evolve and grow. That's the solution. Uh, we might have missed an opportunity to bring some people along and educate them so that they see how important the language we use with regard to our fellow man is. Uh, agreed, for sure. Uh you know, I, 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 you know, Lifetime's decision was was swift. Some people would say maybe overly heavy-handed, uh, but they're entitled to that opinion. But I feel like when you are the face of an event like Jim is, um, and you represent everything about that, and you post something like he did, uh, there have to be uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean we still can't you know, learn from this and, and move forward. That's let's, let's hope that we learn from this and can move forward because if we don't, then, um, then we're really doomed, unfortunately. So, uh, as much as I hate seeing Jim go, he is a dear friend of mine for sure. And my biggest moments on the bike in my whole 25 year cycling career have been celebrated by him first with a hug, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's um, yeah, this is emotional for me, too, because I have so much wrapped up in this um, as well uh, from, you know, uh, an athlete standpoint, a friend standpoint. And then also I have an involvement um, through Goo Energy Labs, too, as a sponsor of the event. Although I want to make it quite clear that what I'm saying today is Yuri, the person, Yuri, the athlete, and I'm not representing Goo, the company. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Given your experience as someone who has, you know, helped to sponsor events, has <laughs> you've stood in the 10 by 10 <laughs> being booth boy. Yep. Given your experience doing that stuff and knowing the conversations that companies have about, do we go to this event or we, do we go to this event? Does this have the potential of altering some companies' decisions to sponsor the event? Most definitely. I think I would be lying if I said that this kind of, uh, you know, uproar in this incident definitely could affect uh, sponsors and and their willingness to work with an event um, like DK. I do think, you know, Lifetime's response and the changes and actions they take moving forward will highly influence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sponsors, athletes, uh, future participation in DK. So, uh, you know, my hope is that we can bring folks to the table, right? Both sides, Mm -hmm. hear people out and make some changes that are much needed, right? To diversify our sport, to rebrand an event that has an offensive name. Um, that's an, you know, any event, you know, we saw this with Bobby Wintle when he learned that his event, which was, you know, the land run, uh, was an offensive term or really, you know, inappropriate time in our history. Um, when it comes to like native people, uh, Mm -hmm. he made, he made the change. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that weren't pleased with him changing the name. Um, 
but it's, it's something we need to do. It's just a small, it's like just a small right thing. I feel like that we can do to eliminate that problem. Like if the, if that name offends somebody, let's change it. I get it that it's not as easy as that. There's cachet in, in, in a brand name and there's expenses involved with rebranding, but particularly now, um, against the BLM movement, the backdrop of that and, and, and how our country's being torn apart by race issues. It's the right thing to do to rebrand DK. This is my opinion again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like, back to your original question of, of sponsors or people wanting to be involved, like, and this is personally, I'm not speaking as the brand goo right now, but I would hate for us to throw away the decade of experiences, of connections, of relationships that we have forged over those years through our participation at expos and camps. I would hate to throw that all away. Um, so that's why I'm really hopeful that we can, you know, work together to come up with some constructive changes that satisfy folks you know, needs, wants, desires, what's right and, and move forward. And maybe DK can be, you know, sort of this beacon, uh, of, of hope of change and, and maybe help in the bigger cycling picture, right. Nationally, mm -hmm. uh, you know, help diversify and make some changes that maybe other bodies of, of cycling governing bodies can, can follow too. So maybe we can take the leads, you know, since DK is seen, as you know, the leader in the gravel scene, well, maybe they can help take the lead here uh, on making some institutional changes that that help diversify cycling and events moving forward. Again, that was Yuri Hoswald of Goo Energy and the 2015 winner of DK. As I wrote earlier this week, people aren't all good or bad. I've seen the good that Jim has done, and I can't applaud those involved with DK enough for making every participant who goes there mm -hmm. feel like they matter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's one of the things that really has impressed me most about it is everybody shows up uh, and it's truly welcoming. Um, the event is really, it's one of the finest things I've ever taken part in, in my life. But when I read Stout's piece about just how many people have been calling for a name change, I was shocked even dismayed. Um, I remember reading that joint statement by mm -hmm. Cummins and Lynn Wilson, the representative mm -hmm. of the Caw Nation, and it said that the matter was settled and DK had their blessing. And then later I find out, no, there's been all this email back and forth, Jim and other people, uh, the letter from the Caw, uh, other members of the Caw Nation, and it was like, wait, what's going on here? So, uh, <laughs> Wanting to dig a little further, I spoke to one of the other founders of the event, uh, head of marketing, your friend, Christy Moan. Mm -hmm. um, she did confirm that the name change is definitely coming. Mm -hmm. um, they're just not sure if it will be in place in time for the event in September. Uh, for the simple reasons they're trying to not, they're still trying to decide what the name will be. So and if indeed there will be an event in December yeah. or September, but that's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Whole separate thing. Mm -hmm. I did run across one really great suggestion. Uh, Alexandra Huchin. Uh, did I get her last name right? I have never said it. I've only read it. So I would say it the same way, but that okay. was a beautiful piece. I would encourage everybody to read it. Yeah. So she's a member of the Fond du Lac nation and has twice ridden DKXL. Uh, mm -hmm. she suggested single speed and work boots. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, let's go full badass. Why don't we? She's amazing. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh, so her suggestion was, uh, and hopefully I say this I right. I can say it. Uh, Zawani Newton, which translates as there is a South wind. Um, considering that DK wasn't just Jim, but is a team that began with Jim. Leland and then Tim and Christy Moan. It seems like what makes much of what makes the event so special will still be in place. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as, as Yuri said, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of high emotions and tempers right now. And in Emporia, I mean, Jim was a hometown hero, right. Mm -hmm. And, 
And he he did absolutely create a very, very special thing, you know, with the help of his team, of course. But but he was he was the heart and soul of it for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, as you mentioned about good and bad, I mean. Yes, you know, I, I, it's been a hard week for me, too. I mean, like my great hope is that what makes the event special, as you mentioned, will still be in place. And it will be even more special going forth. Mm-hmm. If it can find, you know, as you already said, this this common ground and and get a name and a vibe that reflects this monumentally important moment that we're in, this massively overdue, monumentally important moment that we're in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that that's that's why all this is just everybody's so impassioned right now. Um, look, I've known Jim for for many years and and he's a He's a friend, you know, I mean, it, uh, he has been nothing but kind to me. And that, that does not mean, however, that he is beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just it doesn't. Um, I send him a message Sunday morning. I had all, I had many messages I wanted to send to him Sunday morning, but I sent him uh, one that simply said, I do not agree with what you said. I still consider you a friend and I hope we can talk sometime. Um, well done. Be- Thank you. It, it, it was, you know, friends are friends. And I, I, I don't think you can reach people's hearts and minds by just shutting them out of your life. Mm-hmm. That I've, I've never believed that. Um, you know, because I do like to think that if he turned his attention to the process that the, this, of this large moment and why it's happening, like why we are where we are and like what is going on, that, that maybe he really wouldn't have made that post. Um, you know, in his own words, in, in the apology that you, you referred to, he wanted to defend the men and women in blue. Mm-hmm. You know, and he said that to my husband, Dave, as well. David sent him his message too. Dave, Dave was very upset. Um, you know, and I'll contend this, like, if you want to defend the cops who are your friends, the cops you know to be good friends, then grab your megaphone and get on your platform and call for real, finally, real systemic police reform. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, what, this system that is in place is hurting all of us, all of us, every single one of us. My brothers in the FBI, I've met men and women in all sorts of law enforcement. I, I, as an LBI, I trained bike pro- cops. I proudly trained a few of them, you know, I'm like using mm-hmm. their bikes and I know them. I know they're good people. Uh, I met a man who responded to Sandy Hook. You want to talk about horrors? Ooh. Don't even get me started. Like, right. But, but the, the, these, these people who are good, good men, good women in their thoughts and their minds their deeds are good cops. But they they are in the monsters that are in place in the system hurt all of them. They mm-hmm. hurt all of them. They put them in danger. They hurt the reputation. They hurt everything. You know, the men in North Carolina who made those horrific statements when they were caught on hot mics about basically wanting to, like, slaughter. Yeah. I, the words I cannot say and will not say, but effing N-words. And put them back four or five generations. Those guys are monsters. The mm-hmm. guy who was on George Floyd is a monster. These monsters didn't just show up. They've all been on the force for a long time. And the system has allowed them to be there. And that is, we have to change that. Black people have borne the, the most terrible brunt of this. Mm-hmm. And white people are finally seeing and acknowledging it. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to go on, on my box here forever. But I do have a voice. And I know all, I know all these people people you know involved in this story so it feels very personal to me and and i want this world to be better for everybody in my heart Mm -hmm. heart heart so you know i i you know i think in this big big moment where change really seems to be finally in the air and people are really saying yeah this system is not working for anybody including those cops who who don't want to see this system like this either you know, that, that we need um, people in places that have platforms and have megaphones and who can use their voice. We need them to show that they're on, they're on board with this big movement and they see it and they understand it. And Jim's post was heartbreakingly none of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, that's, if I could sit down and talk, like, but that's, you know, life, and Lifetime 
they have an obligation as a company to 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 want to make this all better too i mean everybody has an obligation at this point or we're never going to move forward we've been fighting these battles for decades you know like we're we're never going to get better nothing gets better until we until we all look at it and speak and change so you know i i I hope I I hope he's thinking. I know he's on vacation now because he was like, going to be on vacation. I hope he's thinking about it all, and I don't wish him ill, you know. But I I do think that uh, whoever takes the torch now, you know, will hopefully unite that community and and bring them forward. I would really love to see that. And the name, man, I think uh, I a hundred percent thought they were going to change that name with the first petition. I was a hundred percent sure they were going to change that name. Uh, you know, and then they met with the council and they didn't. And I have to just say, if it takes a three hour meeting with the council and the leaders, mm-hmm. you know, the tribal leaders to like come to this conclusion, the name probably should change. Right. Like the name. The is- moment you need to meet with representatives <laughs> of that nation. I think that's clue enough. Yeah. You know? And Jim, Jim can be as bullheaded as he is big hearted. And I, you know, whatever the original intent of the name was, I I wish he wouldn't have dug his heels in in that one and and did. I think he just missed an opportunity in all of this to take Mm -hmm. this giant thing that he has created and has grown into this life, this other thing, and even made a more giant legacy of it. You know, I feel like, yeah, but I, but I do hope, I do hope with all my heart. And I, I think I can't imagine that event happening this year just with everything. I mean, it's 3000 people to get that. What, what 3000 person events going to be allowed to be held, but then that in, that's a big silver lining. Cause that gives them more time to <laughs> really sit down in that community and work on healing and talking and communicating. And I think we all should like, I know that there's probably people out here who are tired of hearing this and they don't want to hear it, but like, this is how bikes have fit into our lives right now. Like I said, I've trained bike cops and I done DK and I know Jim right. and you know, and, and if, if you don't agree with something I said, like, by all means, come and talk to me. Like, let's talk to Patrick, you know, but let's just but let's please, 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 please. Let's talk like, please don't just like shut down and yell or whatever. Like, please, let's just keep talking to each other because mm-hmm. that is really the only way. Like, well, that's what that's what makes these events so great is it brings so many different people together and and we want it to be more inclusive. And we, we loved that the last person was as, as most as important as the first person. But let's like really, really make that big, you know, like really amplify mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So whew, that's all that's all I have to say. And sorry it was heavy and sorry I was impassioned, but that's just that's how I am. <laughs> no, I'm biking off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, we wouldn't want you to be any different, right? I, think, I, I guess sometimes I'd like to be different. But <laughs> <laughs> we all have those moments, but I, you know, I agree with you. And one of the things that I think about is when we boil it back to cycling, you know, who knows, you know, what the racial makeup of our listenership is. I see names sometimes, but I don't know anything more than that. Uh, and, you know, so I'm hoping it's not just a hundred percent white. I don't think it is. Uh, but without knowing more about that, all I can think is we have to do all that we can to try to make this podcast welcoming to each and every cyclist out there. And part of doing that, part of helping to create uh, a diverse audience means making some overt gestures here and there. It's like, we're working at this. Yep. So, uh, this is going to be a shortest show. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've certainly burned through some passion here. Uh, deservedly so yeah i mean it's uh i went i will say i went on a um yeah i've been i i don't mind pulling back the curtain a little bit i've been i this has been torturing me all week like what am i going to say what am i going to say and people are in my dm saying i hope you're going to talk about this on all levels right yeah like that was one of the first messages i got well tell them now they need to change the name and then another person saying like i hope you talk about how jim like got fired and i don't think that but he the guy was pretty nice he's like i don't think it's right maybe i'm missing something and you know i mean so i'm like uh, as much i i i texted yuri i'm like i'd rather swallow glass than talk about all this because it's so hard but mm-hmm. but it's but it's important you know it's important and i hope that people haven't just turned down you know or hit fast forward and then 
and then just listen because this is a really good time just to uh to make the world a better place for all of us and as long as we don't understand and listen and really think about some of the systemic stuff that has been there for so long like it's it's not going to change for the better it's just not yeah yeah and I also feel and I went on a bike ride before this so I could think about all my thoughts. <laughs> and you're going to go on one after to decompress. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Placing the, the ride where it needs to be. You know, one of the other concerns for me is that so often when something like this happens, the quote unquote villain gets reduced to two dimensions. You I, know? Yes. Yes. And so, yes, I've yes. felt a, a really special duty here to say, you know, all of my dealings with Jim have been lovely and watching him. Cause I spent uh, something like six hours watching uh, people come in mm-hmm. on the 200 after having done the half pint myself, I watched him greet people and he, it was the same thing. Every time it was like a family member had just rolled up to him mm-hmm. and mm, mm, mm. the whole reason the whole reason I went to do the 200 was because I watched. I watched what a transformative experience that was for so many people. Right. Right. And that, and that, and I, I am done. I am a poly. I, you know, I'm a rose-colored glass girl to the to the day I die, man. But I do really hope, I heart of hearts, that 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 remains, and maybe it gets even stronger because of this adversity. Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah, they have the opportunity to come out of this better respected. There is that yeah, opportunity. And, and- so you know, let's let, again, let's all let's all just keep talking, yeah. everybody. You can be passionate, just be civil. Well, you know, (laughs) and the other thing is like, hey, let's shine a little more light on Christy and Leland and Tim. Yeah, they've stood in a big shadow. Uh, Literally and and metaphorically, Jim was a tall guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know that Christy is a force to be reckoned with back there. And she has been an she has been an agitator for some change for quite a while. And, um, you know, she. She had a lot to do with that 200 women movement and she had a lot to do with saying, okay, we're actually going to change some things around here and, you know, and really pushing, pushing, pushing. So, um, yeah, shining the little light on her is, is yeah. it's not a bad thing to do. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we're going to have to do that for her because when I talked to her yesterday, she's like, well, you know, the team made these proposals and the team, I'm more comfortable mm-hmm. saying it that way. It's like, uh, I know. a lot of the ideas were Christie's, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah commercial street you know oh i know she's a ton ton. she's a she's a uh i have i have a lot i have so much respect for her i have so much respect for her i have i i can't say anything but like so much respect for how she can be such grace under fire and how she can like really think and she, she like me um just look, the looks for how how to make you know you are where you are. How can we make it better? How can we make it even better than it was? You know, like she's very much that kind of person, and yeah. that's a woman after my own heart, right there. I could see you two being uh, a house on fire when you get together. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll get to see that sometime. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do some paceline picks now. <laughs> okay, let's let's do some paceline picks. Yes. Um, mine is the new Rafa Outdoor Voices collaboration. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff. I haven't um, had a chance to read any of it. No. Yeah, it's. Uh, I got some of it. They they. It was supposed to be released. It was one of those that was supposed to be released, and then the world blew up in one way or another, and they didn't. And then you know, like, it's right. just like maybe that was maybe not the we'll time, cause, yes. right? Because the world's on fire, so maybe we'll wait. And the world continues to be on fire, but here it is. Um, it's it. It reminds me uh, quite a bit of uh, the Machines for Freedom sort of vibe, mm-hmm. you know, that that very funky kind of uh, really some really nice stuff. The jersey I like quite a bit. It's just. I think they're reaching again for a more diverse women's audience too, not just women, but a more diverse women's audience. 
I have not checked the sizing, which I, I feel a little remiss that I didn't do because mm-hmm. that's a big thing that Machines for Freedom does that I applaud, applaud, applaud is they have just the size runs the gamut. And I'm, I'm suspecting that Outdoor Voices does too, but I would need to check that to say for sure. But the, um, the stuff is beautiful. It's well cut. The material is like silky and luxurious. And it's not like it's a little pricey. Like the jersey's 150 bucks. It's definitely pricey, but it's got uh, it's got a lot of interesting thoughts to it. Like it's got stiff tape around the pockets so they don't sag and they stay in mm. place. Right. Like just mm-hmm. little things like that always make a piece for me. Uh, the 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 pull, the zipper pulls are nice. You know, they have like pockets within pockets. Each the jacket and the jersey come with like little change purses that you can put stuff in and put it in a protected kangaroo pocket. Yeah, you because know, there's a lot of times like your money gets gross or this gets gross, like so it's nice to have I've that. Never had that happen. Oh my god, all the time. <laughs> so it's like that kind of stuff. The, the uh, patterns are earthy and funky and and have a kind of a I don't know a nice southwesty vibe to it. So big fan. You know, I, I'm I'm trying out all the stuff. They also have a. They're definitely giving a nod to the adventure rider. So you know, there's a bag. There's a a bar bag. That kind of stuff. There's a little cap. Uh, yeah, it's cool, but cool, reasonably priced. Not not as not like you'd expect from like the high high end of the Rafa stuff that was kind of right. a little off the charts. But so I am checking that out right now, and so far so good. Cool. So I have a double peak double pick this week, and well, once again, I'm going with reading material. My first piece uh, is the really lovely and moving uh, essay that Alexandra Huchin wrote for the Radivist, uh, in which she suggests the name Zawadi Newton. Uh, Zawani Newton. I'll do my best. Uh, She talks about her heritage, and she tells a remarkable story of her people. The thing is just, it's a thing of beauty. It's really good. It's a really good piece. Yeah. Uh, here's just one little passage. Ditipised couldn't even wrap her head around the idea that brown skin meant dirty, meant less than, meant other. She felt so heartbroken that Bobby Zigawaniki could try to wash the brown from her skin. She needed some words from Nokomis. When Ditipised shared the story with Nokomis, the earth went silent. The waves in the ocean stopped crashing. Nokomis said she wanted quiet so that Ditibised could hear her clearly. Uh, I'm going to recommend another piece, and this one is totally, completely non-cycling, but for anyone who really wants to educate themselves about the need for society to evolve, I am recommending Ta-Nehisi Coates' piece uh, for The Atlantic, The Case for Reparations. It's a long read. It's north of 16,000 words. That's a long read. Yeah. Yeah. That, even for The Atlantic, that's a long read. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's long for anybody. I mean, I wrote an entire issue of a magazine once, and that was 15,000 words. Uh, yeah. So, um, but the thing is it lays out so much of what has happened on a systemic basis and how these, uh, biases of ours have been interwoven into our culture in a way that that it's why we're finding it so painful to try to unwind that now. It's a really, it's a really powerful piece. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, rereading it myself in the next day or two here. Oh, yeah, so there will be links uh, to both pieces in our show notes. Um, maybe we can do one lighthearted thing before we that go. Would be, that would be great. <laughs> Let's talk about hippity hops. <laughs> I loved my hippity hop. I they loved were awesome. it. They really were. I loved it. It never would have occurred to me to like, Popping up Mount Von Two or whatever. What did that work? The tourmalet. The tourmalet. The, <laughs> the flipping tourmalet. You know, just a mountain that took me three hours to do by bicycle. That's all. That's all. What did he do? Like multiple stages? You know. 
two miles a day, eight hours. How long, how long did it take him? For those don't who don't recall. know what we're talking about, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, this Belgium guy took a, an adult size hippity hop. And let's just talk about that for a second. <laughs> how? <laughs> how? <laughs> up the I mean, I want to know up, where he ordered it, but. Up the tourmalade for charity. And they show him methodically just hop, hop. And I can't believe it makes it because it's on the tarmac. It's on the ground. Like, he's just like. I don't know. Maybe he had two or three. I, maybe. Because I'm like, how is that? How? Because it's not going to help that. Oh, my God. And everyone's like, what pressure is he running in the hippity hop? And next, we're going to see people Everstein with him. <laughs> like the hippity hop Evers challenge. But oh my gosh, that was the video. I mean, it's not long and it's it has it's it's a thing of beauty. It is unbelievable. Like. Uh, yeah, it, it's. It's a diverse world. <laughs> There's yeah, it some sure creative is. people. It sure is. I like I love like I want to know because the story didn't. I would I would love to know the light bulb moment when he thought that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want I want video of that. I want, you know, the, the scene of him in the bar with his mates going, wait, 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 wait. Right. I've got it. <laughs> How long this. was it before anyone else in the room could take a breath? You know, and then he did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. How, what do you want to bet that there were bets about whether or not he would fit? Definitely bets. Definitely bets. All kinds of bets over and (laughs) unders on like how long the hippity hop make last before it pops, you know, like, but he did it. I, I, I wish I could remember how long it took. I was just so dumbfounded by the whole thing. I didn't even like, I don't remember any of the stats. That's the funny thing. Yeah. I I read it. I don't recall at all. No, like, (laughs) I, you know, all I needed was hippie hop, uh, cold de tourmalet. That's, that's all I needed. It was like, Oh, <laughs> and they have another, I can't, I don't remember what it, it's another name for it. Hippity hop is a, is a American name for the inflated right. ball that you hop on. Um, but I can't remember what it was called, but it, check it out. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll make you, it'll make you smile. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Keep those questions coming. Uh, we need some fresh material to work with something other than our society right now. Uh, yeah, those questions have been good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, please send us some questions. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.